Hi guys, welcome to episode 29 of Just Enough Faith. We are on unit 3 of the Experiencing God Bible Study. So thank you so much for joining us. I had to take a few days off just because I overcommitted to a lot of stuff which ended up bringing me a lot of anxiety because I, I tend to give myself a lot more projects than I am capable of doing and sometimes that's okay it's okay to take a step back and reassess yourself and then go back to um to doing what you you need to do so right now we are doing this bible study from this book called experiencing god we are on unit three and um today we're going to talk about how God pursues a love relationship with us and he is actually the one who is in pursuit of us. And we never have to worry because when God is in pursuit of us, it means that he has us, um, he has us on his mind before, um, before we could think about him, which is actually a really comforting feeling. So let's start. Um, I'm going to cover a couple of days just because I want to speed through this part of the of the of unit three, and um, hopefully you guys are going to enjoy this unit. I decided to maybe do it two to three times a week versus every single day because that was just getting to be too much. But again, thank you so much for joining the Just Enough Faith podcast. And my name is Ina. Hopefully, we are going to learn a lot of different things about God and about how we can serve each other more, how we could love more, and how we can feel more confident in our relationship with God. Okay, so uh, this first day, or the first part of this unit, is called Created for for a Love Relationship. And the margin, it says... A love relationship with God is more important than any other single factor in your life. In the first two units, I introduced to you some basic truths for knowing and doing the will of God. The seven realities you have examined summarize the kind of relationship through which God works to accomplish his purposes. As I said earlier, this course was not written to teach you a program, a method, or a formula for knowing God. It was written to point out a relationship with God. God will then work through this relationship to accomplish through you whatever he pleases. So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to go over those seven principles that we talked about in unit one and unit two. And we are going to I mean, I'm not going to have you guys fill in the blanks, but if you have the book, I hope you already did that. Um, so this first section um, talks about these seven, um, these seven steps to experiencing God. So the first thing is you have to remember that God is all around you. Second thing is God pursues a continuing love relationship with you that is real and personal. God invites you to become involved with him and his work. Number four, God speaks by the Holy Spirit through the Bible, prayer, circumstances, and the church to reveal himself, his purposes, and his ways. Five, God's invitation for you to work with him always leads you to a crisis of belief that requires faith and action. Number six, you must take You must make major adjustments in your life to join God in what he is doing. Number seven, you come to know God by experiencing him as you obey him and he accomplishes his work through you. All right, so uh, okay, so the first the I guess the first portion of this section was talking about you know going over these um, these principles that we talked about in unit one and unit two, and second uh, the second point is this unit will focus on the second reality. Write the second reality in the margin, but replace the word you with me. So the second reality is God invites me to become to become in a loving relationship in his purpose. 
In this unit, I want to help you see that God himself pursues a love relationship with you. He takes the initiative to bring you in this relationship. He created you for fellowship with himself. This is the purpose of your life. This love relationship can and should be real and personal to you. And number three is a question If you are standing before God, could you describe your relationship with him by saying, I love you with all my heart and with all my soul and with all my mind and with all my strength? I would say at this point in my life, yes, but I wasn't always like that. And this is what the author has to say about this principle. One of our church members was always having difficulty in his personal life with his family, at work, and in the church. In a church meeting, he became extremely angry and stormed out of the room. It was obvious his life was filled with anger. Soon after, I met with him and asked, Can you describe your relationship with God by sincerely saying, I love you with all my heart? The strangest look came over his face. He said, Nobody has ever asked me that before, No, I could not describe my relationship with God that way. I could say I obey him, I serve him, I worship him, and I fear him, but I cannot say I love him. This man had a father who never told him he loved him. The son feared his father, but he didn't love him. The man had wrongly assumed God was the same kind of father. I helped this man realize God loved him and wanted to have a loving fellowship with him. That truth set the man free to experience the love of his heavenly father. Everything in this man's life was out of order because God's basic purpose for his life was missing. God created us for a love relationship with him. If you cannot describe your relationship with God by saying that you love him with all your being, you need to ask the Holy Spirit to bring you in that kind of fellowship. So um, I actually experienced this at our own church. Um, There is a particular preacher. He's not a pastor or anything, but he preaches every once in a while. And um, he used to preach at Sunday school when I was little. And he was always angry. Like he always had something to complain about. And his attitude is just always off. So every time I'd I'd see him go up to the pulpit, I'll I'll feel like, oh, wow, what discouraging thing is he going to say today? What discouraging twist is he going to put on the Bible? So every time I would get ready to listen to him, I would just think, okay, I have to try to appreciate the message and put my own positive spin on it. But I never wondered how his relationship with God was. I just experienced his, just his anger and, and the tone that he spoke with and the stories that he told. They were rarely ever positive and he was always trying to be teaching something but he did it in such a negative way that it was very hard to take the positive in and I think a lot of times with us when we're when we're not in a loving relationship it's hard for us to recognize the good and it's hard for us to um to point out God's grace and his goodness but once we're in a loving relationship with God we start to identify the positive things in our lives we start to become more grateful So we're going to move on to number four. And number four says, if you need to and are willing, pause now and ask the Holy Spirit to bring you in a wholehearted love relationship with God. Spend time in prayer expressing your love to God. Thank him for the ways he has shown you his love. Be specific in naming what God has done. You may want to list some things in the margin. Praise him for his loving kindness. So for me, I know that, you know, I wasn't always this devoted and I wasn't always so obedient to what I thought God wanted from me, but I've had a very difficult few years. And then in the last, I guess, couple years, God has opened my eyes and I've been able to have a more um, profound relationship with him. And out of that relationship, a lot of other relationships have blossomed. So He worked specifically through my partner who helped me get closer to him. And then out of that, you know, my life became fuller. And then I was able to um, 
to find more meaningful friendships as well and to draw people that are more positive in my life because I think when you are in a loving relationship with God, you tend to attract better people, you tend to attract better relationships overall, and you have more good to give back to the world. When you realize that you are valued and you are loved, you can give that love back. But a lot of times when you don't realize that you are valued and you are loved, then you tend to attract um, toxic people in your life and you tend to attract a toxic cycle, which ends up making you more negative and just continues on. So this is what the author has to say about this point. If I try to summarize the entire Old Testament, it would be expressed in this verse. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Deuteronomy 6 verses 4 and 5. This heart cry of God is expressed throughout the Old Testament. The essence of the New Testament is the same. Quoting from Deuteronomy, Jesus said, The greatest commandment in the law is, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. Mark twelve thirty. Everything in your Christian life Everything about knowing him and experiencing him, everything about knowing his will depends on the quality of your love relationship with God. If that is not settled, nothing in your life will be right. Number five, read the following scriptures which describe a love relationship with God. As you read, circle the word love or any form of it, such as loves each time it appears. So I'm going to read from from the New King James Version because that is the version I like to use. I call heaven and earth as witness today against you that I have set before your life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love that Lord, your God, that you may obey his voice and that you may cling to him for he is your life and the length of your days and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to you, to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give them. The next one is from John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whomever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And then John fourteen twenty one. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. Will be loved by the Father and I love him, and manifest myself to him. Next passage is Romans eight thirty-five to 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are all killed all day long, We are all accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuade neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And that is from Romans 35 through 39. Then there is John, 1 John 3.16. By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. The next passage is 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 to 10, and then verse 19. 
In this, the love of God was manifested towards us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. And this is love, not, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation um, for our sins. And verse 19 says, we love him because he first loved us. Using the preceding scriptures, answer the following questions. Who is your life? God is your life. B, in what ways has God demonstrated his love for us? So God seeks a relationship with us and has sent his son to die for us. C, how can we show our love for him? We can choose to make Jesus the center of our lives, listen and obey his commandments and voice, believe Jesus as the son of God, obey his commandments, teachings, and be willing to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. D, what does God promise to do in response to our loving him? We and our children will live under his blessings. By believing in Jesus, we will have eternal life and love while we are here. E, who loved first, we or God? Time and time again, the scripture tells us that God actually loved us first. God loved us first and God is love. And that is why he makes such an effort to pursue us. That is why God sends certain circumstances and certain things into our lives in order to get our attention so that he could pursue a loving relationship with him. Um... Okay, number seven, write your memory um, scripture verses for this unit on the following lines and review your verses from the other units. Remember, you may select a different verse to memorize for a or a different tra uh, translation. So I'm just going to state the other two verses, but then I'm going to read this week's verse. So the first... Um, the verse from the first unit was John 15, 5, and the second unit was Psalm 27. And for this unit, it is John, um, no, it is Matthew 22, 37 through 38. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, this is the first and greatest commandment. And then number eight says, day three's assignment may require planning. Turn to page 60 and read activity two so you can prepare. So basically day three includes a walk. You're supposed to take a walk, like a 30 minute walk and meditate on God and what he wants you to do. So that's what that's talking about. Um, Review tw uh, today's lesson, pray and ask God to identify one or more statements or scriptures he wants you to understand, learn, or practice, underline them, then respond to the following. What was the most meaningful statement or scripture you read today? So for me, it was that everything in your Christian life, everything about knowing him, experiencing him, Everything about knowing his will depends on the quality of your love relationship with God. Number two, reword the statement or scripture into a prayer of response to God. So I wrote, God, help me improve my relationship with you so I can better recognize your will and do your will. Next is, what does God want you to do in response to today's study? So for me, it was, I need to seek God before making a decision. Moving on to part two or day two of this unit. This is a love relationship with God. And in the little margin, it says, to be loved by God is the highest relationship, the highest achievement, and the highest position in life. Picture in your mind a tall ladder leaning against a wall. Now think about your life as a process of climbing that ladder. 
Wouldn't it be a tragedy to ascend to the top and find you had placed the ladder against the wrong wall? One life to live and you missed it. Earlier in this course, we talked about your life being God-centered. This means your life must be properly related to God. This is the love relationship for which you were created. A God-centered love relationship. Your walk with God, Father, Son, and Spirit is the single most important aspect of your life. If it is not as it should be, nothing else will function properly. If you knew all you had was a relationship with God, would you be totally and completely satisfied? Many people say, I wouldn't like to have that relationship. I would like to have that relationship, but I would also like to do something. Or I would like for him to give me a ministry or something to do. We are doing people. We feel worthless or useless if we are not busy doing something. Scripture leads us to understand that God is saying, I want you to love me above everything else. When you are in a relationship of love with me, you have everything there is. To be loved by God is the highest relationship, the greatest achievement, and the noblest position in life. That does not mean you will never accomplish anything as an expression of your love for God. He will call you to obey him and do whatever he asks of you. However, you do not need to do something to feel fulfilled. You are completely fulfilled in a relationship with God. When you are filled with him, what else do you need? So I just wanted to pause and discuss that paragraph and also like some of the stuff that I was going through this week. So this week I was just very overwhelmed. I had a lot of different things going on and I just didn't really want to get on video. I didn't want to film and I wasn't particularly feeling great. But I know and I trust God and I know that I don't need to constantly be doing things for him to be accepted or to feel like I'm worth it. So it was okay for me to spend some time away and it was okay for me to still feel valued and loved even though I just wasn't feeling my best and wasn't really able to um, to perform some things that I, I would have other li- otherwise wanted to. And sometimes that's okay. Sometimes we go through seasons in life or sometimes we have days that we just can't fulfill certain things. But that doesn't mean that God doesn't love you any less. You are enough. Just being you and being in a relationship with God is enough. So you don't need to like add extra things. You don't need to do extra things. Just you loving God and spending time with him, spending quiet time with him, meditating on God's word, that is enough. Read the following hymn by Rhea Miller and circle everything that may compete with Jesus for a person's love and attention. I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather be his than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or lands. I'd rather be led by his nail-pierced hand. I'd rather have Jesus than any man's applause. I'd rather be faithful to his dear cause. I'd rather have Jesus than worldwide fame. I'd rather be true to his holy name. He's fairer than lilies of rarest bloom. He's sweeter than honey from uh, from out the comb. He's all that my hungering spirit needs. I'd rather have Jesus and let him lead. And the refrain is, than to be the king of a vast domain or to be held in sin's dread sway, I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. And number two, point number two of this lesson is reflect on the meanings of the words. If you could have only one or the other in each of the following pairs, which would you honestly choose? Check your response. I would rather have Jesus or silver, 
gold, riches untold, houses, and lands. Number two, I would rather have Jesus or men's applause and worldwide fame. Number three is I would rather have Jesus be the king, king of a vast domain. So right now at the point that I'm in in my life, I pick Jesus for every single one. But maybe in the past, I wasn't so, um, so much inclined to pick Jesus. I wanted extra things. But then God took me through certain experiences and then people really disappointed me. I lost money. I went into debt. You know, a lot of things happened. And so I realized that it is more important to have a relationship with God and feel more fulfilled by that. And then once I started to pursue God more, God started to give me back some of the things that I lost, but I had to get to that point of surrender and be humble before God before I understood what I'm understanding today. But that was just a process that I had to go through. I had to go through a certain amount of pain. And I'm not saying that everybody does, but it's just, you know, disappointments I've experienced in my life and my friendships and my relationships um, before. And now God has me, I think, exactly where he wants me to be. And this is just um, a strong foundation that I'm starting to build. And some of the things that I wanted before are finally coming into fruition. And I feel more fulfilled. I, you know, I'm, I'm in a very healthy relationship. I have healthy friends. I have goals. I started my company just in a faith. And things are slowly coming together. But in order for me to get to this point... I had to completely, you know, get to a point of surrender and that didn't happen until I basically lost everything and I got to a point where it was very dark and it, it took a long time to to start to rebuild. But it, I think it's really easy to come into a loving relationship with God when the world disappoints you and you start to lose things. Unfortunately, it's also very painful. So the reason that I am where I am today is because I went through that process and there was a, also a process of grieving. And because of that, I have a different experience and I have a different um, outlook on life. And then number three, if you choose Jesus for each answer... Is this the way that you have been living your life? Right now, yes. So I think that once I made that switch, once I pivoted and I made Jesus the center of my life, my life did change. But I had to endure a lot of different things in order to get to where I am today. And then it says, Do you really want to love the Lord your God with all your heart? He will allow no competitors, not money and things, not fame and popularity, and not power or authority. And I'm going to read a few passages. Um, okay, so this is from Matthew six twenty four. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate one or love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Second passage, Deuteronomy 6, 10 to 15. Caution against disobedience. So it shall be when the Lord your God brings you into the land of which he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you large and beautiful cities which you did not build, houses full of all good things which you did not fill, hewn out wells which you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant. When you have eaten and are full, then beware lest you forgot God who brought you out of the land of Egypt before the house of bondage. You shall fear the Lord your God and serve him and shall take oaths in his name. You shall not go after other gods, the gods of the peoples who are around you. For the Lord your God is a jealous God among you. Lest the anger of the Lord your God be aroused against you and destroy you from the face of the earth. 
Next passage is from Matthew 6, 31 to 33. Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and he and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Um, so I think the, the passage in Deuteronomy is really important because it talks about um, how people often walk away from God when they are fulfilled, when they feel like the world has given them everything, maybe things that they haven't necessarily worked for. Maybe they received a certain award or maybe they have achieved a certain point in their career. Maybe they have material wealth or fame or riches. And sometimes, oftentimes, actually, when people reach a certain level, they do tend to forget about God. They forget about spending time with God. They forget about keeping God's commandments. They bend the rules their ethics seem to um, go astray. That doesn't always happen, but it is against those th- times that God is warning us that we should be more careful and vigilant about being grateful to God and, and staying in relationship with him that he will fulfill us. Because if we are going astray, we're going to suffer the consequences. Creative for eternity. God did not create you for time. He created you for eternity. Time, your lifetime on earth, provides that opportunity for you to become acquainted with him. It provides occasions for him to develop your character into his likeness. Then eternity will hold its fullest dimensions for you. If you live only for time, and here and now, you will miss the ultimate purpose of creation. If you live for time, you will allow your past to shape your life today. Your life as a child of God ought to be shaped by the future, where you will be one day. God uses your present experiences to mold you for future usefulness here on earth and in eternity. Number four, what are some things in your past that have a strong limiting influence on your life today? These may include handicaps, a troubled family background, failures, shame over a personal or family secret, past abuse, or things like pride, success, fame, recognition, or excessive wealth. Well, thank God I've never had excessive wealth, but (laughs) um, I had other disappointments. So like for me, it was... um, I wrote some of like the things that hindered me, but then I I made like a little arrow to the things that I'm experiencing now. So like for me, it was sexual assault, debt, anxiety, depression, fear, bullying, insecurity, fear of success, toxic relationships, self-esteem issues. And then to where I am now, and I feel like I've always really had like an amazing family. I grew up with great parents, great grandparents, and a awesome family who has always instilled very important values in me which also helped me because I I felt loved and accepted enough to express my creativity and I felt loved and accepted enough to be myself even though I wasn't always accepted by the world at least my family accepted me um and right now I'm in a great relationship I have better friendships and a deeper relationship with God so just because my past is not you know it's not bright it's not great and i i've had some disappointments and some pain god has taken me through that pain to to bring me to the place that i am today do you think you are primarily shaped by your past or by your future and why so i wrote i think hope propels us to reinvent ourselves and we are primarily shaped by our outlook and attitude about the future So then it says to read Philippians chapter 4, no, chapter 3, verses 4 to 14. Um, So I think for anybody who is watching and anybody who wants to make their life better, 
Um, it is really important to have hope and it's really important to understand that your past, no matter how checkered it is, no matter how disappointing it is, your past does not determine your future. Your past doesn't even determine your present. Your past might have repercussions and consequences and it may be painful, but it doesn't determine where you're going to end up. So I'm going to read from Philippians chapter 3 verses 4 through 14. Though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so, circumcised by the eighth day of the shock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, concerning the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness, which is... In the law, blameless. But what things were gain to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things that count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteous, which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being confirmed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead, pressing towards the goal. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of what for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to th to things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the price of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So this is actually Apostle Paul talking about um, his experience with Christ and his relationship with Christ. And these are questions regarding that passage. What are some things in Paul's past that could have influenced his presence? So Paul was actually, he was, a, he, he loved God. So just because he persecuted Christians doesn't mean that he didn't love God. He actually grew up um, with his Jewish heritage from the tribe of Benjamin. He kept the Jewish laws of the Pharisees and he was zealous for God. So he thought that he was doing right because he thought he was keeping the law, which he did. So as far as the law is concerned, he was blameless before the law, but he wasn't yet saved by grace. How did Paul, um, how did Paul value these things? So the things of his past, he considered them a loss and rubbish in comparison to his relationship with Christ. Why did Paul discredit his past the way he did? Well, Paul wanted to be found and he discredited his past because he felt that he missed that, um, that precious time he could have known Christ and then he, he didn't. He was persecuting the church at the time. But he, um, you know, he had that experience on the road of, to Damascus and he got to, um, he got to have that supernatural experience and that's how he came in communion with with Christ um and so now you know by by this point in the story he felt like he had met um his savior and he could help others attain this you know this relationship and be a future blessing to others what did Paul do to prepare for a future prize? So the first thing he did is he forgot about his past. He let it go. Um, and then he, he stained towards the future and he pressed towards the future. So Paul focused on his future, not 
of the mistakes he made in the past, not of anything of the past. That is what helped propel him forward. Investing in the future. Um, okay, so... Okay, question number five. Do you think you are primarily shaped by... No, I talked about this. I was speaking at a conference when a woman approached me and recounted the heartbreaking story of how her father had abandoned her and her family. She described her feelings of worthlessness, abandonment, and rejection. For years, she was consumed with finding her father and convincing him she was not worthless and he should take her back. Then one day I found my father, she said. He was at the back of the Experiencing God book. She had been studying Experiencing God and had come to, to the list of the names of God. She realized her Heavenly Father had always loved her and had been seeking a love relationship with her. Her Heavenly Father set her free from bondage to which her earthly father had consigned her. Paul also had trouble overcoming his past, but he focused more on his future rather than his past. Um, and regarding Paul and about investing in your future, begin orienting your life to God's will. His purposes go far beyond time and into eternity. Make sure you are investing your time, life, and resources in things that will last, not things that will pass away. If you don't recognize God created you for eternity, you will invest in the wrong priorities. You need to store up treasures in heaven. See Matthew 6, 19 to 21 and 33. So that is... Matthew six nineteen to 21 is, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Matthew 6. 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Point number seven is, in what are you investing your life, time, and resources? Make two lists below. On the left, list the things that will pass away. On the right, list the things that have eternal value. So what I wrote on the, on the part that says passing away, I wrote money, status, fame, anything material. And eternal are love, family, relationships. Point number eight. Think and pray about any adjustments you may need to make in the way you invest your life. Ask God for perspective on your life. Write any adjustments you sense God wants you to make. So for me, because I'm such a high anxiety person, I felt a lot of anxiety this week. I felt a lot of anxiety today, particularly. I feel like God wants me to spend less time being anxious and trust that he will make all things work in his time. I need to prioritize kingdom agenda over the world's agenda. And then um, the last three questions that end every section our review today's lesson, pray and ask God to identify one or more statements or scriptures he wants you to understand, learn, or practice. Underline them, then respond to the following. What was the most meaningful statement or scripture you read today? So for me, it was, therefore, do not worry saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? Reword the statement or scripture into a prayer of response to God. So I wrote, God, help me see, set my anxieties to the side and trust that you will provide for me. Bring me joy, which includes my family, future, husband, and provision. And then what does God want you to do in response to today's study? 
So for me, it is to be less anxious. And then the, the summary statements for this section are to be loved by God is the highest relationship, the highest achievement, and the highest position in life. God did not create me for time. He created me for eternity. I will let my present be molded and shaped by what I am to become in Christ. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. I will make sure I am investing in things that are lasting. And then moving on to unit number three, uh, to day number three or portion number three rather in this unit. I'm just going to read the first part and then I'm going to resume tomorrow with the second portion of unit three. This one is called Walking with God, Quiet Time with God. And it starts off with Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 13. And now, because you have done all these works, says the Lord, and I spoke to you, rising up early and speaking, but you did not hear, and I called you, but you did not answer. And then 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 to 15. For the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died, and he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. And the first um, question is, suppose you were dating someone you loved and intended to marry. What is the primary reason you would date or spend time with that person? Because I would want to find out about his or her likes or dislikes. Because I would want to find out about his or her family or background. Because I would want to find out about his, no his or her knowledge and education. Or because I would want to love him or her, enjoying time with him or her. So I... Of course, that I, you know, I want to love this person and I am in a relationship currently. So that is the primary reason for, um, you know, for our partnership. I think it's very important to, to just be in a loving relationship and just be and experience that and, and be okay just being and, and not so much worry about all the other stuff. Um, and now point number two is just as Adam and Eve to walk with God, in the cool of the day, set aside at least 30 minutes for a time to walk with God. So that is where today's, uh, today's lesson is going to end. And I hope that by tomorrow, by tomorrow afternoon, when I'm going to do part two of unit three, you guys can take some time to, to walk with God. And then we can go over some of the questions. And I'm going to read the questions um, that you should be thinking about on your walk with God. So... While you're, you know, while you're spending time meditating and walking with God, these are just things to think about. Um, how do you feel as you're walking and talking with God? What aspects of your love relationship with God are you aware of? If this was difficult or emotionally uneasy, why do you think it was? And then... What happened that was especially meaningful or joyful? And that is just something that I want to encourage anybody to do. I actually like to ride my bike and listen to worship music and just let God talk to me and inspire me. And that's a lot of, a lot of times that's where I get a lot of my ideas, either when I'm on my bike or on my treadmill or working out. I just like to tune the whole world out and it does help with my anxiety, but it also helps me kind of define my purpose even even with my business or other thing other products that I'm um or other projects that I'm working on I really just try to think about where God wants to lead me and I try to spend enough time with him so that I can have more direction and so that's my special time with God so I hope that you all can do the same thing and spend some time um getting to know God and if you don't know him there is no time like the present to start, and I guarantee you're not going to be disappointed. God is always there, and you are, you are 
going to want to know God, especially if he's in pursuit of you. God is the one who placed that feeling inside of you for you to have a relationship with him. And if you don't have that feeling, then you should pray for that feeling because that is when great grace comes in and that is God pursuing you. So it's never really us pursuing God. It's usually God making our circumstances in our life may um, be in such a way that we don't really have a choice. And so God gets us to that point. And then once we finally surrender and we want to be in a relationship with him and we want to spend more time with him, it becomes easy because we're just willing to spend time with our friend. It's kind of like being in an you know, romantic relationship, you want to talk to that person, you want to see how their day was, you want their input on your ideas. And so that's kind of how it works with God. But it is God who pursues us, not us who pursue him. And then once we respond to that pursuit, that is when the relationship starts to take off and you start to benefit from this relationship. And it's not so much an authoritative relationship with God is telling you what to do it's more of a conversation of you know you're partnering with God and God is using you for his purposes and so it becomes a lot more meaningful and beautiful so before tomorrow I really want you guys to um to take that walk for 30 minutes or exercise for 30 minutes and just spend that time in meditation and see what comes up during that time so again thank you so much for listening to episode 29 of just enough faith I look forward to our talk tomorrow and I think I'm going to do these two to three times a week because every day was just getting to be too taxing. My anxiety is way too high for me to do these every single day. Um, But thank you so much for tuning in. I hope to see you guys tomorrow. Have a wonderful evening.